Kate. And I'm Jamie. And this is Creeps and Coffee. A show where we talk about the creepiest crime cases around the world. So, let's grab some coffee. And have a chat. Welcome back to what our seventh, eighth, ninth, eighth, eighth episode. Eighth. Jamie pays attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to everything except this. <laughs> Actually, yeah. not true. To like fifty percent of what's going on. That yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Jamie and I like to say that we share a single brain cell, mm-hmm. so we just kind of pass it back and forth whenever the other one needs it. And right now, it's. I think I've had prime custody. You've had it. full custody yeah. for about a week and a half. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how it goes. We've split it back up again. Jamie's got her half back. So. Oh, that's sweet. Mm. You think that I have it back? <laughs> it must have got lost on the way. Yeah, it's fine. It'll get there eventually. I'm just tired. Yeah. Well, it's how October. Are you? I'm excited that it's, it's spooky season. It's spooky time. This is our <laughs> month. It's my time to shine. It really is. I'm excited for our October episodes. I think yeah. we haven't we haven't really delved into too much spookiness yet, but I think now's our time to do that. We get to really look at some scary cases in true crime. We're gonna look at some paranormal stuff. Gonna look at some that combine both of those elements, which I'm really excited about. So stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have a big Halloween special. Which we are... Yeah, so uh, don't have any plans on Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. Just listen to our podcast. Make Creeps and Coffee your priority. Thank you very much to the 19 of you out there. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it's a Sunday, so, like, settle in, make, like, a chai latte, put on creeps and coffee, and go throw, I almost said food and money, uh, but, no, go throw candy at trick-or-treaters. Throw food and money at us, and candy at the (laughs) trick-or-treaters. I think it was, like, a Freudian slip, I'm like, this is what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's also almost Canadian Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, weird to think about because most of our listeners are, like, not Canadian. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to us. Yeah. What are you most thankful for this year, Jame? This is where you say, Caitlin. I am most thankful for Caitlin and Midnight, my roommate's cat. (laughs) I learned to love cats this year. And... (laughs) It is a joy every morning waking up at 6 a.m. and having him watch me while I take a poo and he just sits on the counter and purrs and stares at me and invades my personal space. And it's wonderful. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love when he gets in my way when I'm trying to brush my teeth and tries to drink out of the sink. It's so great. (laughs) Oh, I miss my cat. What are you thankful for? I am thankful for Creeps and Coffee, which has given me a chance to talk to you even more than we talked before, which was quite a lot, but now it's like all the time. I like your answer better. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I am grateful for for coffee, <laughs> for coffee and for Monster Energy. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, Monster, I, sponsor us. I was just going to say that. Oh, man. Oh, God, please do. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Caitlin is literally running on like 60% Monster Energy, 40% coffee on a daily basis. Yeah, that's what three jobs and a podcast will do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful for making it through this year. We've had a pretty wild year, the two of us. We've had like a rough two years. We sure have. So I'm You grateful. especially. <laughs> well, not to brag, but you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful for my Jamie. Oh, oh wait, I'm grateful for you too. Can I add that to my answer? <laughs> I don't I I was bragging about midnight, but I'm grateful for you too. No, that no, it's fair. Midnight deserves it. And I'm also grateful for my cats, Bug and Bowie, and my dog. Wait, we should post an Instagram post introducing the kitties. We absolutely will. Because they're so cute. Yeah. Creeps and coffee and cats. (gasps) Okay, guys, go follow our Instagram, creeps and coffee. It's exclusively cat pictures from now on. So, get used (laughs) to it. That's it. That's the podcast. We're not talking about anything else. No. I'm actually excited for this this week's topic, today's topic. I feel like it's not very well known, yeah. It's not. And you know what? It's surprisingly difficult to find information on it. There's a little bit more that came out this year because of the relevance to a couple months ago. But obviously we'll get into that a little bit later. But we discovered this case (laughs) while we were on a binge of American Horror Story. (laughs) Um, So in the Roanoke season, for those of you who are familiar, there there is a very loose, very, very loose connection to a very, very real case of the Lethal Lovers and like I don't know, I'm torn calling it that because mm-hmm. I hate giving serial killers like fancy names because it makes it yeah. feel fictionalized and it's very much real. Mm-hmm. Like once we get into it, like these were some sick people. But yeah, it sounds so much cooler. <laughs> I know. But yeah, so we can get into that after. Like yeah. I have a whole section on like the the American Horror Story version versus the real version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in reality, it's like... How do you sum it up? Serial killers who killed patients in an old folks' home. Yeah. Yeah, I think that hits the nail on the head. So it's like, ah, lethal lovers or murderers who killed old people yeah. merc- mercilessly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't have quite the same catch to it. <laughs> Not exactly. A bit darker than slightly. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I was very fascinated by this case. I think I think because it's female serial killers, which is yeah. very intriguing to me because you don't hear a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um and not just female serial killers, but a lesbian couple. Yeah. And it was what in the 80s yeah so 
uh, pretty groundbreaking if they weren't uh, murdering people. Yeah, it would be great representation if it was not the circumstance that it is. No, I think it's fascinating to actually sort of get a different look at a different kind of killer. Yeah. Yeah, so with that being said... Let's get into it. I think the easiest way to start, like I always like to start, is to do a little bit of background on who these people are. So, like I mentioned, it's a case of a lesbian couple. So we're going to be talking about two women. Um, They were in their early 20s when they started these murders, which is Mm. also wild to me. There's so much else to worry about at this age. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So the first woman in our murderous pair, her name was Gwendolyn Gale Graham. Try saying that five times fast. Bet she can't. I was just going to say that. (laughs) What was Um, it? Gwendolyn what? Gwendolyn Gale Graham. Gwendolyn Gale... Yep, there it is. Okay, one. (laughs) All right, I'm going to stop talking. Go ahead, Kate. Oh my goodness, yes. So, Gwendolyn Gale Graham um, was born on August 6th, 1963. She was born in California. She grew up in Texas, um, which I think is red flag number one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Texas. Um, No, I'm not sorry. (laughs) You just got a lot of weirdos. You just... Just not my favorite place. Um, So, looking at Gwendolyn's childhood, her teachers were interviewed when all of this stuff came out. Um, They said she always had a very sad look on her face. She was never acting out. She was never um, really out there. But she just always Mm. looked sad and, like, upset. Um... When she was questioned about it, she said it was because she was being sexually abused by her father for years. Oh. Um, I want to talk about that briefly, because I I empathize with that if that's the reality. Um, mm-hmm. But there was never any proof to her claims, and her father also denied it fervently. Which, like, even if he did it, he's not going to step up and say oh yeah I did that because no abuser in their right mind would say that I also don't look at that as justification for anything that she did yeah like full disclosure I work with kids who have been sexually assaulted for a living like that's that's what I do Mm -hmm. and I don't think any of the children that I work with would roll over and be like yeah, well, I was assaulted. I'm going to murder people. Yeah. Like, there's no... I'm sorry that it happened, if it did happen. But that's... Let's not pull out the sympathy card here. Because, yeah. uh... Mm, don't know if it's right. a worthy use of it. But anyway, so... Her life in Texas... Not super great. Um, so, eventually... She decided in 1986 she was going to move to Michigan. She was going to start working at uh, this old folks' home called Alpine Homes, uh, Alpine Manor. Um, Yeah, so that's sort of a super quick overview of how Gwendolyn ended up at Alpine. On the other side of things, 
we have Catherine. Catherine May Wood is the other murderous half. She was born on March 7th, 1962. As far as I know, I believe she grew up in Michigan. I didn't find anything about her living elsewhere. Catherine, I'm not sure if she was bisexual, if she was living a closeted life, but she did end up getting married quite young. She married a mm -hmm. man named Ken Wood, um, which is how she ended up with the surname Wood. Um, Good old Kathy. Oh, Kathy. Made some mistakes there, but... Mm. So Kathy and Ken had, um, I believe, a couple children, but I could only find statements from one. They for sure had a daughter named Jackie, and after, I believe, seven years of marriage... Uh, they decided that they were going to part ways. There's no real statement of whether that was uh, something that they both decided, whether uh, Catherine had figured out that maybe she was more into women, she wanted to explore that aspect of herself. We don't really know. That being said, she and Ken split up. At this point, Kathy was about 450 pounds. What? Yeah. So she was quite overweight, um, so not, not confident in herself, dealing with this divorce and the end of an era of her life, and really trying to find herself. So when she started working at Alpine Manor Senior's home, she was really looking for some friends. She was really not doing well mentally. So she really relied on the other women that were there as a source of comfort and friendship, which, again, I don't like pulling any sort of sympathy cards for people like this, but I, mm -hmm. I can understand that aspect of, like, really being down, needing a little boost. Yeah. Um, so in, in the 80s, Kathy got promoted to supervisor at Alpine Manor. She was really happy about it, just very excited. And there was this new staff member that arrived and that started working the same shift as Kathy. And as I'm sure our astute listeners have put together, this new coworker was a woman. Was Edgar Allan Poe. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> It's just like a completely different person. <laughs> so this this new coworker was Gwendolyn Graham. So Gwendolyn Grail Graham. Gwendolyn Gale Graham. Gwendolyn Grail Gale Graham. You really struggle with names sometimes, hey? They're just if it's not my own, it's hard. That is fair. You know I can't even spell your last name. I was just hey. gonna say that. I was gonna say we've been friends for about fifteen years. And the other day, Jamie texted me, how do you spell your last name? <laughs> is it two A's or two S's? <laughs> this is a fight we're going to have after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, so. <laughs> Gwen. So, at this point, like I said, Kathy is not doing well mentally. She and Gwendolyn really connect. They get along very, very well. Um, which is good in theory, mm. but quickly becomes not good. I don't know where to start here. So yeah. they 
they got together. They were mm-hmm. doing their thing. And at some point, things started escalating sexually between them. They started getting a little bit kinkier, which, uh, no shame. They're doing their thing. They, they got really into autoerotic asphyxiation. Is that just choking? Yes. <laughs> Why did you call it that? Just say choking. that's what it's called. <laughs> they liked choking, guys. <laughs> Who doesn't? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so yeah, they were, they were pretty into choking. Graham was more of the dominant in the bedroom. So she, she started getting to the point where she was choking Kathy <laughs> almost to the point of like full blackout which is not Jesus. what you're supposed to do it's not like do your thing but like that's a little excessive that I might knew be... a kid in high school who would choke himself until he turned blue that was that was a thing the kids did in school what the fuck was that about like, he would, would do choke... it in class too yeah it's like you nut job like I don't know was it a small it town home. thing? I don't want to see that. Like, I don't know. Did people... I want some... Send us an email. Did you have kids <laughs> in your school that would choke themselves or, like, hold their breath till they passed out as, like, a game? Because we did. Yeah. And what the fuck? Ryan, if you're out there, email me. We need to talk. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, I, I have a lot of questions. First of all, why? <laughs> Can we have you on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sorry, continue. Um, but yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty intense. But they they both said that it was fun. They both enjoyed it. Kathy had no issues that she mentioned with being choked quite aggressively. Mm-hmm. But then, like any sort of pleasurable experience, you reach a tolerance point, and you become yeah. used to the feeling. So you get less pleasure from it. So it was said that Gwendolyn was the person who said they needed to spice things up a little bit more. They needed to take it to another level. Some couples would say bondage or bring in another person. You know, there's lots of options for sexy times. Uh, Gwendolyn's option... Anything other than this. Gwendolyn's option was murder. So... Like, not to kink shame, but, but like... But to kink can shame. Can we kink shame murdering people? I think so. I think that's acceptable kink shaming. Because, like, when it's a federal crime, I don't think <laughs> that's a great turn on to people. No. <laughs> Just saying. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Not because they murdered people. Um, so they started doing more things sexually where they were, like, role-playing murder and, like, talking about... Like, their foreplay was, like, talking about cruelty and, like, things they would do. I mean, I guess that's fine. Yeah. I guess. I guess. But then it got to the point where, like, that was not enough. So when it came... So this was 1987... January comes, they decide to play something called the murder game. So the plan was they were going to pick patients at Alpine Manor whose initials 
spelled out the word murder and they were going to to murder them sounds like fun so like i I like the game of life (laughs) maybe monopoly uno uno's great yahtzee you know what uno is as close as i've ever been to killing anybody (laughs) and it was jamie i'm pretty sure (laughs) oh yeah probably (laughs) but you know the murder game i guess Mm -hmm. we should add a bit of a trigger warning here yeah trigger warning (laughs) yeah so murder (laughs) murder (laughs) and attempted murder so gwendolyn would go into these people's rooms she would smother them until they were on the brink of death and kathy would be on the lookout so she would be distracting um any other workers that were going by so she was standing where she could still see the hallway, but she could still see Gwendolyn murdering these people because that turned her on. Yeah. And the act of killing these old women turned Gwendolyn on. It got to the point where they realized that the murder game was more difficult than they thought because these old women that they were trying to murder were fighting back, which good for Mm. them they started getting kind of pissed yeah because they were like trying to kill specific like was it first names or last names first names uh to spell out the word murder but it's like if they're not old and ready to go of course they're gonna fight back Mm -hmm. like if they can they will nobody wants to die but what gets me about all of this is that they had tried to murder multiple people by this point. Mm -hmm. It's like three months of this game. Oh my god. And they have been, I think at this point, they were successful like one or two times. Mm -hmm. Not one complaint. Why? Not a a single one of these poor patients at Alpine Manor stepped up and said anything. And I think... Was it because they have like... I think like Alzheimer's. I think part of it was, but I also think um, I'm going to get up on my soapbox here. <laughs> okay. I think part of it is because there's so many cases of abuse in nursing homes where these people don't want to admit that something is going wrong because they're afraid they're going to get treated worse. Oh. And I think it was just one of those things where they didn't want to admit anything. Hmm. And that breaks my heart. I love old people. And, like, I I think I also, I read that, like, not only did, like, nobody step up, but, like, when there was suspicion and stuff, other patients were like, no, we like these nurses and stuff. They they defended them. They said that they were among the most liked nurses there. Right? And that just blew my mind. I... I can't even begin to imagine how scared I would be if that was my family member in a nursing home. Yeah. Let alone if it was myself. Especially when, like, old people are so weak and they can't defend themselves. It's one yeah. thing to just be a serial killer going after people, like, non... I don't know the word, non-discriminatory. Yeah, just... Like, just going just out at night and stabbing yeah. people. But it's another to be, like let's strategically 
smother these old people who have nobody there to stop us and who can't fight back. Yeah, these helpless people. That feels almost worse to me. And just to do it for something selfish like... Like an orgasm? As an erotic game. Yeah. That's stupid. Like, that's so selfish. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) I was going to make an inappropriate comment and then I remembered your parents listened, so... (laughs) Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but so at this point, they've realized that they need to be strategic. They can't play this murder game because mm-hmm. it's too difficult. So they're just going to do what they can. So after they decided that the murder game was over, Gwendolyn went into the room of a woman who was suffering from Alzheimer's, who... Mm-hmm wouldn't be able to fight her off they knew she was on her last legs she i'm gonna bring up the trigger warning again she smothered the woman with a washcloth and then she started taking items from her so this was when they started taking souvenirs so as the weeks went on they did the same to many other women and yeah. it was and they did it to make it look like natural causes of death. Yeah, so they they preyed on these specific people because it looked like they just passed away in the night. And the thing with Alzheimer's is like sometimes it gets to a point where they forget to breathe, they forget to eat. Mm-hmm. So when you're you're not looking at oh they were smothered, you're seeing like lung damage, let's say, and you're thinking, yeah. "Oh, they held their breath." Like, "Oh, they forgot to breathe." So it was never really detected. Mm-hmm. But what disgusts me probably the most in all of this is that there were times during this when things got, like, they got so turned on in the act that they would no. immediately after go to an unoccupied room <sighs> and have sex. <sighs> so they would murder these women and start, like, making out on top of them. And then that go to me says go room. to jail forever because you don't feel any regret. Like, you nasty... Oh, I almost swore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like they're... You nasty people. They're, like, they're, it's disgusting. So they're not only getting a huge sexual release from this, but they're getting emotional release too. So they're taking... They're taking jewelry. They're taking dentures. They're taking... For like what? Souvenirs. They had... It, so they were living together at this point. They had, like, a cupboard at home that had all of Ew. these souvenirs in them. Yeah. So it gets to the point where they are telling co-workers, like, yeah, we're killing these w- women. They told co-workers? hmm They told them they were taking souvenirs. They told them... Y'all are stupid. They told them that it was turning them on, that, like, when they washed their bodies after, like, when they washed the dead bodies of these women, it, like, made them even more sexually excited. Ew, TMI! And not one of these co-workers looked at that as more than just, like, a sick joke. They were like, that's disgusting. Not one reported it. Even as a joke, I would still be like, mm, I should probably tell my supervisor because yeah. that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. That's not funny either. Like, no. I would, if you came up to me and was like, ha ha, 
there's some dead body in my basement, I'd be like, Haha, what? Yeah. Uh, Just can give I me go one check? second. I need to make a phone call. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, that... Uh-huh. Well. And I find that's the case in so many of these situations where they're not shy about it. There's red flags and people are like, huh, it could be an orange flag though. So. Yeah. Oh, he used to kill squirrels as a child. I'm sure he's just being a little boy. He ripped the head off the puppy? Yeah. Oh, he probably didn't mean it. Doesn't sound like conduct disorder to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he'll grow out of it. So, yeah, so it's it's reached the point where things are pretty intense. How many people have they killed, by the way? How many women? So, Five? all in all, it's believed to be eight to ten. Oof. They were tried for six. Mm-hmm. Because um, they could only prove six. So there yeah. were, I think there were like 38 or 48 or something patients that had passed away during the time... Um, they were doing these murders. Like, obviously, Uh like, it's an old folks' home. Like, people are going to pass away. So, initially, when police were looking at... This is kind of jumping ahead. But when police were, like, looking at it, they weren't suspicious initially because they were like, well, these all look like standard death. Yeah. Like, but it got to the point where... I think it was eight. Eight were, like enough for them to look into things yeah because didn't they like get arrested like a year later like 1988 oh just wait yeah oh, oh god so so what happens is Gwendolyn is getting like a little too into things and she tells Kathy that in order for Kathy to prove her love for Gwendolyn she needs to kill one of the patients to prove that she loves her and she's just as committed to this as Gwendolyn Our is. That's giving me very much Harley Quinn and Joker vibes. Yes. Kathy, Which is not a healthy relationship. No. So Kathy, at this point, she is still not mentally well, but mm-hmm. she's lost all of the weight she's gained. She's done... Like, fad diets and stuff. And, like, weight doesn't matter. Weight doesn't play a role in this. But I point this out to say that a lot of her confidence and her self-security has come back. She's been able to find... Well, she's been able to find (laughs) parts of herself that she was missing when this relationship started. Uh Uh-huh. So she's looking at this from an outside perspective. And she says, no... I don't need to murder anyone to prove that I love you. Correct. Like, maybe this should stop. Correct. So, she says no, she calls things off, and she transfers to a different shift. So she doesn't even have to be around Gwendolyn. Oh. So Gwendolyn does not take well to this. It's a nasty breakup. She gets with another woman, she says fuck this, gets in a new relationship, moves back to Texas with this other woman. Uh, insert joke about lesbians moving quickly. Um, <laughs> so she gets a job in Texas in a hospital for infants. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> so 
So <laughs> okay. At this point, because obviously Catherine has children with her ex, so they're still in touch. Mm-hmm. So she says, "I'll ninety percent of this. The information we have is from Catherine's perspective, and we'll get into that as well." But yeah. She says that the guilt weighed so heavily on her, and she knew that Gwendolyn didn't care who she was killing anymore. She just knew that she needed to kill for that sexual and emotional release. So, Mm -hmm. Catherine says that she was so worried that Gwendolyn was going to kill these babies that she had to tell somebody what was happening. She spilled beans. So, she goes to Ken, and she's like, hey, remember that woman I was dating? We murdered people. (laughs) That's something you never want to hear from an ex. (laughs) There's lots of things. (laughs) So Ken, Mm -hmm. rightfully so, is like, what the fuck do I do with this information? What's happening? So he, rather than going forward to the police right away, he holds on to it for about seven months. Oh my god. And then he's like, nah, I should tell somebody. Which, good call. Um, maybe a little bit sooner would have been... Yeah, it took kind of a, a long time. Yeah, but, you know. Um, so, long story short... Oh, just kidding. It took him over a year. Huh? That's even worse. Yeah. I don't know why I thought seven months. Over a year. How can you... How can you wait that long? I don't know. But he finally called the police. So... Congrats on doing the bare minimum. Um, Bro. The police are obviously like, what, why, why? Why did no one call us? Yeah. And everyone's like, I Ken. don't know. <laughs> Not just Ken, the co-workers. Like, nobody was concerned. True, but yeah. I digress. So the police were like, all right, got him. Catherine decides that... She is going to take a plea deal, and mm-hmm. she is going to become a state witness against Gwendolyn in order to not get a life sentence. So because she testifies yeah. against Gwendolyn, her sentence gets reduced to 20 to 40 years. Mm-hmm. She tells this whole story of how she was so worried about the babies and blah, 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 stupid bullshit. And this is, this is when... The allegations against Gwendolyn's dad come in the picture. Mm-hmm. Because she says her father molested her. It was a big deal in her life. It changed the way she interacted with things. She also says that Catherine's lawyer didn't like didn't have any honesty to the things that he was saying, that Catherine was coming up with all of these lies just to spite her and she was mad that she had moved on it turned very quickly into like a high school situation but you also have to keep in mind they're like 24 25 years old at this point they're Mm -hmm. still in that very juvenile mindset and I say that as a 22 year old like we don't have shit figured out but they're turning this whole court case into like a lover's Yes, that's the word I was trying to think of. Yeah, so they're saying that it was a setup. Um, The jury was like, that's fucking stupid. 
No. Whatever um, it was, it was still murder. Yeah, exactly. That That is exactly what I was going to say. I don't care. You still murdered people. Yeah, like, stop uh, pointing fingers. We, like, someone's yeah. literally saying, yeah, we did it. Just accept it then. Yeah. Go to jail for the rest of your life. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the details were. <sighs> you murdered someone, go to jail. So, in the end, Gwendolyn gets six life sentences with no possibility of parole. Oh, what a shame. Mm. Oh, no. So she is still in prison, no chance of ever getting out. Unfortunately, on the other side of things, we've got Kathy. So, like I said, Kathy took the plea deal to get 20 to 40 years. She got out. And this was in 1989. Yeah. So, after, I believe it was six um, applications for parole, all of which she was denied for being Mm -hmm. a threat to society, she got out this year. So, yeah. let's, let's throw another fun Like in time. January or something, right? June. June? June? Yeah. Mm. I think it was like mm. June 6th or something of this year. Hi, Kathy. Fuck you, Kathy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, they no longer thought she was a menace to society? That's what I don't understand. This is, I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna rant about for a second here. Please. You deny someone parole six goddamn times, and you're like, ah, absolutely not. And then you release them into society again? What? That's the same, like, with that guy from our Haunted Films episode who uh. literally murdered that woman and mm-hmm. then didn't go to jail because it was a crime of passion. Why are you still allowed out? Like, you should be there until you, you should rot behind bars, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Sorry. I'm not just sorry. Just my opinion, but just like... Because, just because she didn't... She claims she didn't put her hands on it. Uh, like, on any of the people that they killed. She was just lookout. You still knew... Just as guilty. Full on what was going on. And then you had sex with your girlfriend in the next room. Yeah, that's still... So... Full guilty to me. Yeah. So, um... Kathy's daughter, Jackie, released a statement um, when the trial for her release happened basically saying her mom was going to get out no matter what that she wasn't mm-hmm. thrilled about it but it was reality but, and I was like well, that's stupid <laughs> yeah just like that but the last thing I'll say on it is I feel bad for these poor victims families who have to know that mm-hmm. they put their trust in Alpine Manor in hiring the right people to take care of their family members in their last days. Yeah. And they got treated like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I am happy to report Alpine Manor no longer exists. They were shut down. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel terribly sorry for the families of the people that were murdered definitely yeah and yeah we are sorry for your losses I don't know if anyone's still around but (laughs) or if they're listening but we are sorry for your losses yes very much so that that is the disgusting story of 
Catherine Wood and Gwendolyn Graham. Um, I hope Gwendolyn is still rotting in prison. Mm. Yeah. Can I talk about the, um, ooh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I hope Catherine gets hit by a bus, but go. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) very mean girls of you. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I was going to say, can I go over, like, what they were sort of portrayed as in American Horror Story? I would love for you to do that. Try and lighten the mood, and also, I love American Horror Story. (laughs) I was going to say, you should start with what American Horror Story means to you. Oh, I could write a whole 20-page essay on American Horror Story. <laughs> it is the it's my favorite TV show, but apparently the new season isn't that great, season 10. I don't know, I haven't seen it. I haven't either, but my coworker Nusha told me that it's about vampires again. And I'm Honestly, like Honestly, I'm not We already did that though. Did we? Oh, fuck. Season hotel. 5. Yeah, spoiler, uh there are vampires in season 5. So why are they, like, redoing it? I don't know. I don't know. As long as Lady Gaga comes back, I'm fine. (laughs) I love Lady Gaga. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, American Horror Story. So, um, it's kind of a very small part of season six, Roanoke. Um, Great season, by the way. I liked it because it's it's filmed like those cheesy TV shows that you watch, mm-hmm. like that are on like cable, mm-hmm. where they interview people who say like, oh, my house is haunted, and then they have actors act out the scenes of what happened, mm-hmm. and I think it's, I think they did it very well because I used to watch them growing up, and looking back on it, it was so cheesy and so funny, bad. but when I was younger, it was so scary to me, but um... Yeah, so they based, what are their names? Gwendolyn and Kathy. Yes. Uh, They weren't actually named that in the show, and they were two nurses who worked in an old folks' home, or an assisted living home, and they actually did start spelling out the word murder by murdering people by their initials. I think they were sisters Um, in the show, too. Ew, really? Yeah, I think they were sisters instead of lovers. Oh, not lovers. No, not lovers. Sisters no. and lovers? <laughs> no. I was like, okay, incest. No, American Horror okay. Story has done some wild shit, but incest isn't... Well... I'm like, I have to think, but I'm not sure. Not in Roanoke, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Yeah, but I don't remember if they spray-painted the word the letters on the wall or if they used blood I'm pretty sure but they were writing it on the wall yeah in the show I think they only killed five patients because they didn't finish spelling the word Mm -hmm. which was like a key feature oh my god spoiler alert for season six too (laughs) it's been out for years okay good I was (laughs) like I already just I just said this (laughs) and then they're prevalent in this story because they're haunting the house that um, the main characters in Roanoke are, like, in. And they, like, see the nurses walking by. They found the the letters on the wall underneath the wallpaper and stuff. And... Yeah, I think they just missed the letter R. Mm-hmm. And then it never explains really what happened, but uh, the professor in the show suspected they were killed by 
Kathy Bates character and her oh. occult colony of oh. Roanoke. Uh, and you know we love Kathy Bates on this I show. I love Kathy Bates. So I'm fully in support of that. So they didn't quite meet the same end as they did in real life, but it's an interesting comparison nonetheless. It is, and it sent us down this spiral, so. Yeah. And that's where my brain cell is done. Yep, I felt it come back to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, any, any final thoughts? Don't murder people because you're horny and I love American <laughs> Horror Story. Like, please, do anything but that. If we ever have Creeps and Coffee merch, I'm putting that on a mug. <laughs> Don't murder people because you're horny. <laughs> and you know what? We should sell it at prisons. <laughs> Actually, they should be like complimentary gifts in prisons. For any, like, <laughs> murderers funny. or sex offenders. That's incredible. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. You know what? I think that sums it up. I think that's yeah. it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for tuning in to the first of our October shows. Oh, yeah. We will be back in two weeks. Yeah, we're doing it bi-weekly, by the way. I don't know if we announced that. I don't think we did, did we? but... We're trying to do stuff bi-weekly. Yes, it'll be Wednesday slash Thursday in true Jenna Marbles fan fashion. Um, Also because Jamie works two jobs, I work three. We're busy, but we love this, and we love you guys. Yeah, Monster Energy, if you want to sponsor us, we can maybe stop working five jobs between us. Please. (laughs) We're begging you. (laughs) All right, well... Until we meet again, friends. Bye, and happy spooky season. Have have a good time. (laughs) Adios. (laughs) Creeps and Coffee is produced and edited by us, Kate and Jane. Our theme music is Stuck in a Hole by Dated. For more information on where to find them, check out the link in our show notes. And to connect with us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Creeps and Coffee. I I practiced it about eight times before I called you. Gwendolyn 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 Gale Graham. Gwendolyn Gale Graham. Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn was a murderer.